Welcome back to another episode of the Adam Schefter Podcast. In today's episode, we will be joined by the Pro Bowl tight end of the Kansas City Chiefs, a man who is slowly rewriting the NFL record book, Chiefs tight end, Travis Kelsey. And then we'll be joined by Pete Bomarito from Bomarito Performance Systems in South Florida, a man that trains over 100 NFL players. He knows which players are poised to shine this season, and he will share some fantasy insights that could help you in your upcoming fantasy football draft. But of course, we had some real news this past week, none more significant than the Patriots making a change at quarterback. I don't think, as we will talk with Travis Kelsey, that it was any big surprise that Mac Jones wound up as the Patriots' starting quarterback on opening day against the Miami Dolphins. I think the real surprise was that the Patriots decided to simply move on from Cam Newton and cut him. And when you think about why that is, I think Cam Newton was so well-liked and so well-respected within the locker room that it probably was easier just to not have him there, to have his presence loom over the rookie first-round pick, Mac Jones, as the Patriots hand off the keys to their franchise to the young rookie quarterback that they selected with the 15th overall pick. And rather than have somebody as popular as Cam there, simply release him, allow him to have his freedom to find another opportunity and give Mac Jones the chance to shine the way that so many people think he will. And just remember this, when the 49ers traded up last March to the third overall pick, they did so with the idea that they were comfortable picking Mac Jones there if that's what they ultimately decided to do. Now, the more research they did, the more they fell for Trey Lance. They shifted off their Mac Jones position. We'll see whether or not that's right over time. But the initial impetus for the trade was the fact that Mac Jones was good enough to justify trading up there, and they were comfortable picking him if their research into Trey Lance and Justin Fields didn't work out how they wanted it. Now, of course, they love Trey Lance. They fell in love with that guy. They picked him at the third spot. And Mac Jones, who easily could have gone third, wound up sliding to number 15 to the New England Patriots spot. New England did not have to give up any compensation. It just sat right where it was. And when Mac Jones got into camp, everybody who watched him was incredibly impressed with him. Did not look like a rookie. He had eight drives this preseason. The Patriots scored on all eight drives, either a touchdown or a field goal. And the more they saw him, the more they knew. The time to start Mac Jones is now. And so on Tuesday this week, the Patriots make the most surprising cut of all and send Cam Newton away. As respected, as popular, as talented as he was in New England, they allowed him to leave. And it's time for Mac Jones in New England. The other significant story of the weekend, and you hate to see it in the preseason, you hate to see it anytime. The injury factor, J.K. Dobbins tearing his ACL, going down at FedEx Field, the same one that claimed Joe Burrow last season. J.K. Dobbins placed on injury reserve, meaning he's officially out for the year. And that has to be so deflating for a Baltimore Ravens team that was going to lean on this back, who would have been one of the breakout young stars of the game. J.K. Dobbins was poised to have not just a big season, a monster season. 
And now he's lost. He's lost because he got hurt on the eighth play of a preseason game for who, for what, as the former Eagle Ricky Waters once said about his failed efforts at diving for a pass for who, for what, but now JK Dobbins is gone. It'll be up to Gus Edwards and Tyson Williams and justice Hill and the other running backs on the Ravens roster to try to make up for the loss of JK Dobbins, who now must focus on coming back full strength in 2022. You feel terrible for JK Dobbins. You feel terrible for the Baltimore Ravens and the worst part of the preseason is to see any player, but especially a great young player, go down the way that J.K. Dobbins did. Just brutal to watch. All right. As for this week's podcast, we are fortunate enough to be joined by a man who the Kansas City Chiefs once selected with the third round pick, the 63rd overall selection out of Cincinnati, a man who since has gone on to six Pro Bowls, three-time All-Pro, one-time Super Bowl champion, and a man who slowly but surely is rewriting the record book at tight end and playing at an incredibly high level that he continues on today. He also happens to be one of the most fun guys in the league to be around. He is the great Kansas City Chiefs tight end, Travis Kelsey. There he is. The man, the myth, the legend. <laughs> you are the man, the myth, the legend. Yeah. How you doing? There's more legend to your story, man. Nobody knows how you can get all this information. <laughs> What do you want to know? I'll tell you whatever you want, Trav. I, I just said there's always just a little bit of doubt that you're not t- giving us at all, man. That you know the next move. How long did you know Cam was going to be uh, somewhere else? I felt pretty confident that Mac was going to be the starting quarterback. I had no doubts about that. I will say this. I did not know he was going to be cut like that. That that was the surprise. I, really I expected Mac Jones to be the opening day starter. I, I could t- just tell by the way things were going. Yeah. And there were some people I spoke to last week who loved this guy. And even other coaches around the league who studied him, they're telling me the guy's going to be a Pro Bowl quarterback for 10 years. Yeah. I mean, he looked looked the part in college. Just calm, composed, confident, throws a good ball. I mean, he had all the traits. That's for damn sure. Do you watch that stuff? Do you pay attention to all this stuff going on around the league as you're on your own camp? You can just – I mean, outside of just Twitter feed, I mean, that's really my only daily information. I'm not throwing on ESPN or uh, NFL Network or anything like that. Other Outside of just the Twitter feed I see. And I follow you, so I, I, get, all, I get all the updates I need, man. <laughs> well, I, I appreciate that, Trav. That's very kind of you. I, I You know, for, for that support, I may have to go take you in fantasy this year with my very high pick, very high up in the draft. So that I'm, I'm leaving that up to you. Uh, well, <laughs> well, you can't endorse that for me today? <laughs> No, no, I don't endorse that. I don't I don't endorse that. It, it all depends on one five. You just got to get a one five. One, well, if it depends on one five, I'll ride one five every time. There you go. Well, there you go, right? then, baby. There you go. Do people bother you on that fancy football stuff? And how do you feel about um, it? I, I have fun with it, man. I don't, I, I get it. I get it. It's kind of your own personal team that you get to root for throughout the week. And uh, it adds a little bit more excitement to a few of the games across the, across the league. So I just, I have fun with it. I know I, know, I don't play at all. I just uh, I know a lot of people um, have seen my stats in previous years, and I don't know. Like to like to kind of bet on uh, eighty seven and the Chiefs, man. By the way, you coming to work for TV when you get done posting these thousand yard seasons? You come only join if us? I get to, only if I get to do it with you. Hey, listen, there are a few people that I enjoy doing TV with more than you. <laughs> when I get to see you on the set, as I have in Atlanta, or bump into you in Augusta at the Masters, like I did oh, this yeah. year. Right? Yeah. That, was that the first time you ever been, by the way? 
first time, man, first time the Masters was a blast, man. I'll tell you what, I couldn't get off of the uh, the, the the putting green, man. Back there at Beckman's, oh man, Berkman's, I mean, God, Berkman. That's exactly what I thought you were going to say, right? You couldn't get the off the green. It, it was, was that was that was a very nice weekend. Yeah, that place is magical, man. You know, I, I I was looking at your numbers today, and the last three years are off the charts. First of all, you play 16 games every season. Every season. I don't want to jinx that, but knock on wood, right? Yep. Every season. The numbers through through the last few years are crazy once one five takes over. That's no disrespect to anybody else. But when no. he takes over, holy cow, yeah, your numbers are through the roof. We've now got the most 1,000 yard seasons by a tight end in NFL history, five. <laughs> We've yeah. got the most receiving yards in a single season by a tight end, 1,416. We've got the most 100-yard receiving seasons by a tight end in NFL history, too. So what do we do for an encore, Mr. Kelsey? I don't know, Chef. I don't know. I guess uh, just try and go and get another Super Bowl, man. I'm not, I, I feel like to, to this point in my career, all the stats came with just hard work and, and being fortunate to have the right plays dialed up and uh, the right players around me to, to, to make it all work. Um, I've been fortunate that, you know, Coach Reed, you know, dials me up uh, during the game as, as much as possible. And that that one five has the trust in me getting open in, in, in time. So it's just um, I don't know. At this point in my career, I'm just chasing another Super Bowl ring and letting the stats worry about themselves. I still got a long, long way if I want to make any any more milestones in the stats department. I mean, Tony Gonzalez has played for forever and I'm only about halfway to catch him. So. What milestone out there, aside from the Super Bowls, which mean a lot, what milestone out there would mean a lot to you? I don't know. I um, I thought last year when I had a chance to lead the league in receiving, I thought that would have been a pretty cool uh, feat. Um, but, you, I mean, you got guys like Stephon Diggs who, who, who can get force-fed all day long. And, and, and I don't know. Just There's so many unbelievable wide receivers out here. For me to be able to be in that position again, um, it's hard to even fathom. You know, I, I was I was put in a pretty good position last year and, and, and could carry the load. And, you know, if I'm there this year, that'd be pretty cool. But outside of that, man, it's Super Bowls all day, man. I want to tally those things up. How does it click on, though, that you go from this good tight end to where you become an all-world Hall of Fame tight end? You're going to go to the Hall of Fame one day in my mind. What <laughs> happens, that. and I'm going to be there to support you, Travis. <laughs> what happens to get you to that level where – it's the next level. What happens with you? Is it the training? Is it understanding? Is it the way you're taking carries? What is it that gets you to that next level aside from one five? Yeah, I think um, when I came into the league, the first thing I did was really ask Tony Gonzalez a, a bunch of questions, man. Just uh, the longevity. How did he do it? How, what was his routine through the week and how did it change throughout his career? And uh, just from that one conversation, man, I absorbed an un it was like the key to my success was just hmm. an understanding of being a professional. Finding because you're nonstop trying to find ways to get better. I mean, it, it just is what it is. If if I if I run a route and I get and I get beat or I get locked up, I'm thinking of new ways to win that route. If I get another opportunity, which I've been fortunate, Coach Reed has been able to you know keep giving me those opportunities. So for me, it's just to find that professional routine and how to get better. How do I keep finding ways to up the ante and then and, and be more accountable for the teammates around me? And that comes in the run game and the pass game. Um, and, and vice versa, man. And I think just, you know, with that kind of mindset, it all kind of falls into place. And I, like I said, I was talking to Tony about his, the longevity of his career and towards the, towards the end, was he doing anything different than the beginning? 
And, um, and he was just telling me just the, the things that you have to do to make sure that the body recovers at its op at, at the optimal time at the, at, at, and that's every single week, uh, making sure that you're not taking a, a day off or a step off from, from, you know, your typical routine. And, um, and that's where I'm at right now, man. And I feel myself getting better and better every day. And you're 31 years old now. You turned 32 in October. Do you feel like you are better positioned to have better seasons or do you feel that age at all? Um, I don't, I don't know if I've actually felt uh, a difference in terms of a, like my body still feels like I got, I got a good acceleration. I got, you know, I can get in and out of cuts just fine. Um, and then just the fight to, to, to battle through the endurance of things and fatigue. I still feel like I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm at my peak in terms of athleticism. I just got to keep, you know, finding ways to get open, uh, knowing that uh, I've, I've exhausted a lot of moves over these last eight years and guys are starting to pick up on a lot of them. So I just got to keep evolving as a route runner and just the accountability uh, on the field. Can you come up with new moves? Like, does that happen? Oh, for sure. I, I mean, you have to, the thing is in this league, there's the, there's the smart, the really good defensive players are very smart. They've seen all your film. They've, they've, they've studied your moves down to a T. So being able to not only, you know, perfect a new move, but to be able to perfect it so that it mirrors up with a, a move that you had before. Nonstop, you're trying to keep the defense at a reactionary position as an offensive player. I want him to have to react to me so I always have at least one step. You know, if I got a one step, I know Patrick Mahomes can put that ball where it needs to be. So just, just keep coming up with ways, you know, to keep uh, the defense in a reactionary position. And then on top of that, uh, I'll do it all within uh, the madness of Coach Reed's offense. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Adam today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Adam. You mentioned the Super Bowl and winning Super Bowls. How much does last year's Super Bowl stick with you? Whew. I mean, all, see all offseason, man. It's still sticking with me. Until I get out there and play a real meaningful game uh, or even, you know, really get back to the Super Bowl and, and, and go and win it. I think that thing's going to be, you know, right here in the pit of my heart, just like burning like a fireman and just, uh, just, just, you know, making me motivated every single day. You just got me fired up. Just mentioning it right there. Man. Really? Yeah, man. It's, I mean, it, it, was, it was an embarrassing day. I mean, nine, what was it? Nine to 30, something like that. We didn't even put up a touchdown. Um, it just wasn't, it wasn't the, uh, the best performance I think I've ever put on the field and definitely not the chiefs, man. What are the chances that some defensive coordinators study that tape and then try to duplicate if they can, some of the things that the Buccaneers did to you that day. Yeah. Well, I think uh, it's, it's, it was a very good scheme. Do I think it's beatable? Yes, I do think it's beatable. I'm not going to sit here and say we should have won the game because obviously they, they, they came out and they, they performed on 
all, all three phases of the game um, better than us. So I would say that, uh, you know, I would love another chance at it. That's for sure. Uh, you have to nonstop evolve as, as, as a player, as an offense, um, knowing how they think we would, uh, we would react or how, how we see how they want to defend us. You know, we'll find ways to, to, you know, try and have an answer for it. And that's what makes coach Reed so unbelievably great. Um, and, and, and the great coaches and the great players in this locker room is that we keep evolving. Speaking of evolving, are we growing back our facial hair? Are we getting back the beer? What's the deal? <laughs> it's starting to come in. I think it might just keep it right here, chef. I think it might just, just a little bit of the face that make me feel like I'm not getting old, you know? And then, and then, then just a little bit of fuzz so that it doesn't look like I'm, you know, 14 all over again. Did you expect the reaction it got when you shaved off all your <laughs> facial hair and you looked like no. your, your, your skin was as fresh as a baby's bottom? Yeah, it was. Uh, I hadn't had the full stash, chin, and everything gone since probably I was 21, maybe. It's been, it's been a while. So that was, uh, that was, it was refreshing to see my face. Um, and then it was refreshing to get just roasted on social media <laughs> for the next week. What was one thing that somebody said that stood out to you that stayed with you? <laughs> it was the one picture, man. The one picture that the Chiefs threw up. It just it wasn't the most flattering. They said it. Somebody said I looked like I was Will Ferrell playing a movie about me. And it was just it went. It was spot on. I mean, just in terms of the face and the, and everything. I don't know. I thought it was pure comedy. I was wondering if you were going for the more aerodynamic feel to gain a little extra step as we're evolving through the years to pick up a little extra speed on the defensive backs. <laughs> That's what I was wondering what it was, Trev. No, no. If I do that, I'm going to have to shave everything. The arms, the back, the legs. I'm going to have to do it all, man. I got a lot of access hair around here. <laughs> like a swimmer, right? It would be exactly. like a swimmer. Exactly. Exactly. We'll see. We'll see if later on in my career, I might have to do that. And before I let you go, tell me what we're going to see this year from the Kansas City Chiefs as they try to bounce back from that painful loss that is so fresh in your memory. Man, I'll tell you what, we're, uh, we're excited. We're excited. We're not letting that loss linger. We're just knowing that it's there and that it's, uh, it's, it's motivating us to be better. Um, right now, it's a lot of excitement in this building, and, uh, and everybody's working hard. I think you'll see us go out there, play fast, and uh, have a good time doing it and, and uh, win a couple ball games this year, man. Hey, Trav, I want to thank you very much for taking a few minutes to speak with us before the season. I'm always pulling for you. If I use the sixth pick of my draft this week on you, I'll be pulling for you even more. <laughs> I'm looking for that endorsement. I'm looking for that endorsement. We'll see. <laughs> I got you. We'll see. Hey, I appreciate all the magic you've provided on the field. Lots of luck this season. We'll be pulling for you. And uh, we'll be in touch, Trav. You're the man, Chef. Appreciate you, brother. And there is Travis Kelsey, the longest tenured member of the Kansas City Chiefs now that they let go of Eric Fisher and Anthony Sherman during the offseason. Travis Kelsey has the longest tenure of any Chief, and it doesn't look like it's going to be letting up anytime soon, not with the way that he's playing. From Travis Kelsey to the trainer, Pete Bomarito, who runs the Bomarito Performance Systems in South Florida. Pete, I believe this is the first time we've done this via video. That's correct. I'm, I'm, I'm excited. How you doing? All right. Yeah, everything's great here. Yeah, here we still got just wrapping up hockey right now. And we still got a handful of NFL bets in, you know, in and out. So uh, it's exciting times for us getting ready to get geared up for baseball. Which NFL guys are coming in and out now while teams are still in camps? I mean, just anybody that's still a free agent, um, you know, with uh, Dion Yelder, uh, still a free agent, Jonathan Cyprian, Le'Veon Bell, Frank Gore, Lamar Miller. 
Um, you know, as the, the cuts start coming in, guys will come in, get on a practice squad, go back, things like that. So we've, we've had a lot of influxes in and out. But, I mean, just as many guys as we're training, guys keep getting signed, keep getting signed. So every day seems like somebody's coming in or somebody's going out. You know what I mean? Uh, Tremaine Johnson, uh, he's probably going to get signed pretty soon. So we're just keeping everybody in, I'd say, football shape as best as we can. So when they get picked up, they're ready to roll. And, Pete, the reason we come to you at this time each year is because you train 100-plus football players during the offseason. You usually have a pretty good idea of who is going to light it up in any given season. And that information usually can translate and be valuable to people doing their fancy football drafts. So give me a breakdown of guys that you've trained this offseason who are primed to have big years. Well, I always start off with kind of a safety one. I'll go out on a limb this year. I'll go out on a limb and I'll, I'll give you right off the bat my sleeper. Michael Carter, New York Jets. Um, you just you have to see this kid. You have to see him. Um, I know again he's only a fourth round pick, whatever, and and everybody's going about the height and the weight and stuff like this. But if this kid gets an opportunity, that is the one I want to start with. You know, obviously I got big names. We'll get into those, but I'm going to lead off this year. I'm going to go out on the limb for the for the first time in years and say Michael Carter. That's that's the guy. What do you like about him? I mean, if you just look how strong he is, it's just, it's very, very rare. Um, you know, I hate to make comparisons, but he reminds me a lot of Maurice Jones Drew, just that he's fast, he can move, he can catch. But if you just look at his breaks, it looks like it's a video game. You know, like, like some, every running back's got a style of jump cuts. When he jump cuts full speed and doesn't great break speed and actually gain speed off the second break, it literally looks like you're looking at a video game. So from a purely athletic standpoint of what is required for running backs, he is something else. And he's the perfect kid in terms of just mentality, work ethic, professionalism, maturity. He acts like he's a 10-year vet. He's an incoming rookie. And everything we hear about from a football standpoint is he's tearing it up. So if the Jets offense comes together, like some people think that it can, even though there's a lot of new parts, obviously, um, that's a player to watch. And we even trained Ty Johnson. I'd take them both. I mean, Ty Johnson's got ridiculous speed. It's the first time we work with, with Ty. Um, he is blazing fast, and it does transfer to football. So I'll lead off with, with, with my sleeper right there, Michael Carter. So you started on running backs. You gave us Michael Carter, the New York Jets rookie draft pick. Give me a couple of other running backs who you've trained, who you think, again, are ready to have a big season. I mean, I would definitely say Aaron Jones. Um, I know Aaron Jones definitely isn't an unknown name. But uh, in terms of what he's going to build off of, this is the first offseason I work with Aaron. And we spent some time together. And, you know, he's stronger than people think. I know people think he's kind of on the undersized side and, or, and people question how many carries he's going to get. But um, he's strong. I don't, I, I don't believe so much into that how much do you weigh thing? You're either strong or you're not. And you can be strong and be somewhat lighter. And that's just what makes him unique. But again, it's just his versatility. I mean, I honestly do believe that he could line up anywhere on offense and be effective. And I think that Green Bay is smart enough to use him. And obviously with the returners coming back and the quarterback coming back, I think that as good as Aaron was last year, I think you're going to see a massive jump this year. Wow. What was the first thing that struck you about him when you got to train him this offseason for the first time? 
that that burst just the burst i mean you know he's not like a, a four three guy but he looks like it because you know he hits a a difficult cut and whether it's a route or just a motion and we train him both the ability to gain speed i mean he gets so low to the ground it's unbelievable and when he comes out of those breaks it's just that burst it's some things you can't teach or either have that freakish ability to bend or you don't. He's got it. He uses it. And the one unique thing about both of those guys I've mentioned, they, they take immaculate care of their body. And I think that's a huge point of longevity. Now, football is football. You get hit the wrong way, something's going to go. But when people take care of their bodies as well as those guys do, um, I think that for the most part, you can, you can count on them. And I think that's a huge point with running backs. Any wide, any, any wide receivers you trained that you're recommending to the listeners today? I mean, obviously I would love to start with Allen Robinson. I think that I definitely talked, if you remember last year, I said, I mean, he's, oh, he's a big name. I think that he's going to be underdrafted. I think that he's going to have a, a prime year. And he proved me right and then some. I mean, he had a monster year. And honestly, I, I hate to say it, but actually I love to say it. He looks faster. And the reports you get coming out of campus, he looks like he runs better routes. I love to hear that. I hate to take credit for that because he's just a phenomenal player. But I do think that he responds to some of the style of training we do. He does seem like he is faster. And we spent a lot more time this year than even last offseason. And I think he's at his peak. People talk about this could be the best offensive system he's ever played in. He's always been effective. I think Allen Robinson is going to be a solid top five player overall, one of the best receivers in this in this system of fantasy football. I will go from my stud pick of Allen Robinson immediately into my sleeper of Albert Wilson. Now, Albert Wilson obviously didn't play last year because he opted out. But again, he he's in the we've worked with Albert now since he came out of Kansas City. So it's been what four or five years. This is the fastest I've ever seen. This is the best shape he's ever been in. Uh, I know people get a little bit nervous because he didn't play football last year, but just look at the training camp he's had and the production he's had. And it seems like with uh, with the with the Dolphins, they're all systems go. And even I would have to put Miles Gaskin. I know I'm going back and forth to running backs again, but. Uh, I do live in Miami. Obviously, I'm a homer. But if you just look at how effective Miles Gaskin and Albert Wilson have been so far, I think that both of these guys are probably going to get underdrafted and have solid years. I would say that for sure. Um, you know, I was very, very happy, even with uh, uh, LaVisca Chenault. I talked about um, him having a big year. I think he was solid. I think we're going to just continue to see gains off that. I talked about Terry McLaurin. I mean, I was shocked he didn't make the top 100. Um, so I think that people still vastly underrate him. Um, but, you know, those are obviously solid names. I just think that all those guys need to be drafted a lot higher than people think. And I think especially Albert Wilson, uh, there, there's no question. What do, you, what, do you, what do you like about Albert Wilson so much? I mean, he looks like he's a running back, just, just happens to play receiver. I mean, just look at his style of play. Look at, I think, what the what the Dolphins want to run, how effective he is, how the connection seems to be there with the flow. Again, I know it's only preseason, but, uh, you know, we had an opportunity to attend some live practices and talk to people I know and trust, even some of the people in the media that I really trust that shoot me straight. They're like, he might be the best player on the field, uh, much less the best receiver. I mean, he's very effective. I think from a rookie standpoint, I'm very impressed with Tutu Atwell. 
Um, I know he's the classic undersized guy, might be forgotten, but he's extremely effective. Again, I am not ever buying into the height weight thing, but he you get him on that field that offense. I mean, I, I think two Atwell is going to have a monster year. That's my rookie sleeper in terms of receiver. Um, two two Atwell. You brought up Terry McLaurin, and I wanted to talk about him because I've been impressed by that guy since he came out. And last year, for a variety of reasons, maybe the change of quarterbacks, he didn't put up the huge numbers like I thought he would. But I love that guy as a receiver. What stands out about Terry McLaurin? His speed. You know, you just it's just that speed. And it's not just speed in terms of long-range speed. It's just speed with everything. He's just fast. He's fast on underneath. He's fast on the longer routes. He's extremely, extremely efficient out of his breaks. And I think, yeah, I think that Washington's kind of primed to all come together. I think he's going to have even a, even a better year. Um, and if we move on to tight end, again, but I think the two biggest hits I had last year was clearly Allen Robinson and then from the tight end position, Johnny Smith. Uh, Johnny Smith had a solid year. I'm very happy to see where he's at right now and how he's going to build off the season he had. And then from a rookie standpoint, I'll go all in on Tommy Tremble. So I think that Jonu Smith had a solid year, is going to have a better year. My rookie incoming tight end is going to be Tommy Tremble. I think that he's going to surprise a lot of people and be one of the most effective rookie tight ends, if not the best rookie tight end in the league. I know that's a bold statement, but again, you just got to see Tommy. What, what, what stands out about him? Because I don't know much about him, Pete. Route running ability is vastly underrated. You know, coming out of college, I think that it was consensus that he was probably the best blocking tight end in college football. Um, you know, he split time at Notre Dame because they had a, a very effective other tight end. But, um, you know, we were shocked. I'll be honest. We were shocked at watching his natural route running ability. Um, I think that just he's the full, complete package tight end, so he's going to play a lot. And if that offense goes, I think he's going to get some some looks and and – you know, when you have production, you're just going to keep building off that momentum. I think he's going to be that type of guy that's going to surprise a lot of people. As a rookie? Yeah. Why not? Why not? I, I got I to throw some sleepers out there. So uh, that's my two. I mean, definitely 100% is going to be Michael Carter, number one. I think that definitely the summary would be, uh, I, I talked about the studs are going to be high production with Aaron Jones and Allen Robinson. I talked about my sleepers, definitely Michael Carter, number one. My comeback player, Albert Wilson, my extreme sleeper with Tommy's tremble. Um, you know, I think that uh, we, we definitely discussed Johnny Smith, um, you know, Miles Gaskin. I think a guy like Gus Edwards is definitely a solid pick. I know that he's the model of consistency. And uh, I know that they got a lot of good backs there. But, you know, Gus Edwards is a big back. He's explosive. And I think that he's proven when he gets an opportunity, he's going to produce. And I think that that's a good, safe pick. And I know this is a fantasy football show, but we always like to talk about some defensive players that definitely caught my eye. Uh, Antoine Winfield was my guy last year. I don't think I could have picked a better one. I mean, he maybe looked a lot smarter than I am, let's put it that way. So Antoine's my guy. I'll roll off that and say that, you know, I'm very impressed with Denzel Ward. Uh, it was the first time we worked with him. I think he's going to have a monster year. And from in terms of incoming rookies, you know, Caleb Farley. Caleb Farley is – one of the best pure athletes I've ever seen in my entire life. He's a great football player, and it's just shocking that a guy that size can move that fast 
and be that fundamentally sound with football. So I know a lot of people, uh, you know, I'm not sure if they slept on Caleb, whatever, because he was a first round pick. I think they were, I think they were worried about his back, Pete. I think that may have been the issue with Caleb Farley, who wound up going to Tennessee in the first round. Don't yeah, you think? I mean, I'm talking about now, now that he was a first round pick. Um, yeah. I would say that you, we can expect Caleb Farley to come out of this season with the same buzz as Antoine Winfield had. And Antoine Winfield, I don't think, could have had a better rookie year. So uh, those are kind of my, my, my incoming rookie defensive guys and my solid defensive guy in Denzel, I think, is going to have a huge year. And so, Pete, you want to just tell the people one more time about your performance center, uh, anybody that wants to send people your way, anybody that's thinking of making the change, uh, what do they need to know about reaching out to you? Oh, definitely, yeah. I mean, it's, uh, we have Bomberio Performance Systems. We have a facility in Fort Lauderdale. We have a facility in Miami. We have affiliates up in uh, Indianapolis and Pittsburgh. Um, you know, just go to our website, bombreadoperformance.com. We have all the intake forms there. So if anybody, uh, especially even NFL free agents, whatever, I mean, we're rolling right now. So we've got a good handful of guys in right now that are, should get signed soon, and, and we're going to go from there. Hey, Pete, I want to thank you very much for taking the time to join us once again on our annual tradition. Appreciate the insight, information, and advice about who to take in the upcoming fancy drafts. Have a great football season. I know we'll be in touch. All right. Thanks so much. And there is the athletic trainer, Pete Bomaritos, with some insight that hopefully helps you with your fantasy football draft this upcoming weekend, which could be on Labor Day weekend, which I want to officially send the biggest thank you possible to the NFL for what in my mind might be the best rule change that it has enacted in any recent year. Moving up the cuts from Labor Day weekend to Tuesday, August 31st, was a game changer personally. I know that people in the outside world don't care much, but for 31 years, Labor Day weekend has been celebrated by laboring, by tracking every move that every team made all weekend long. And by the way, the moves came on what typically was the first big college football Saturday on a weekend where people were taking their last summer breaths, enjoying their last time off before the fall begins, their last time before NFL kicks off the following weekend. And every weekend, I'm in front of my computer, in front of my phone, making calls. Again, not a pity party, just a fact. And so the fact that the final cuts were moved to Tuesday, August 31st, allows this weekend, Labor Day weekend, to be what will be the nicest Labor Day weekend, we hope, in my 31 years covering the NFL. Thank you very much to NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell and everybody else who was a part of this decision to make that great, great rule change. And thank you very much to all the golfers, a part of the first place winning fantasy golf team. And a special thank you as well to John Rahm for winning the U.S. Open in June when we picked him in our fantasy golf pool and Justin Thomas for winning the players in March when we picked him in our fantasy golf pool, those two performances propelled us to a first place finish in a 24 week long fantasy golf pool that I became truly obsessed with. I tracked and watched every shot that each one of my golfers hit each week when I selected all these different golfers in all these different tournaments. You were allowed one pick each week and I would live and die with my golfer. So much so, that when we came down to the very last week of the season, this past week, the BMW Championships in Owings Mills, Maryland, I had a choice between Xander Shoffley and Cam Smith. 
and I was obsessing over it. And I called ESPN's golf writer, reporter, Michael Collins, to ask him whether he recommended Cam Smith or Xander Shoffley. And he said Cam Smith might have a tough time bouncing back mentally after losing the playoff at the Northern Trust. And so I turned in the pick of Xander Shoffley, who, by the way, I had at the PGA Championships in May, I believe it was, when he missed the cut and ruined my weekend. Ruined my weekend. Well, we picked Xander Shoffley over Cam Smith. Michael Collins thought that Cam Smith might be a little down. And lo and behold, Cam Smith got better and better as the weekend went on. And Xander Shoffley finished 49th. Now, it was enough to hold on and hold off the second place team and to win the tournament, achieving a 24 week long goal that we had set for our team. And on Monday, my FaceTime rang and it was none other than Michael Collins from the golf tournament in Atlanta. And he had none other than Xander Shoffley with him. Now I had to thank Xander because we had him at the PGA. He didn't come through. But he did finish 49th. We did get 40,000 points, I believe it was, this past week for him finishing where he did. But I did tell him that we made more money, our team, this weekend than he made in Baltimore. And I did thank him for his contributions. And I told him how much I enjoyed tracking and following him this year and how big fantasy golf has become. And we had a great conversation. What a great guy. And I really appreciate Michael Collins FaceTiming us with the man himself who was our last pick of this tournament, a tournament that will go down. But we owe our biggest thanks to John Rahm, who provided one of the great sporting thrills of a lifetime on Father's Day, winning that tournament when we had him picked. And Justin Thomas loved that golf pool, and I am so thankful. It is now over so that I could focus on the football season and my fantasy football teams. All that obsession, all that thought, all that energy now will be channeled into those places now that the golf season, thankfully, has wrapped up. Before we sign off on today's episode, let me quickly tell you the ESPN College Football Podcast is now five days a week. Hosts Kirk Herbstreet, David Pollock, and Kevin Nagandi are back and joined this year by Reese Davis, Matt Barry, Paul Feinbaum, Booger McFarlane, and Joey Galloway. From weekend reaction to Monday mornings to previews, the ESPN College Football Podcast has it covered by the voices and perspectives you'll want to hear from. Listen where, listen wherever you get your podcasts. Also, if there's a game, someone's betting on it. Stream season two of Better Days, the Mike Greenberg hosted series that brings the true stories of unforgettable gambling adventures to life. All episodes are now streaming only on ESPN+. And thank you to Pete Bomarito of Bomarito Performance Systems in Miami, Florida, Davie, Florida. They help train athletes and he provided some interesting insight into players that you might consider selecting in your upcoming fancy football drafts. And of course, special thank you to my producer, Christina Buswell, for putting up with me and putting this podcast together, as well as you, the listener, for tuning in to another Adam Schefter podcast. Please join us again next week. We'll have more guests, more information, more insights as the NFL season and the September 9th regular season opener between the Dallas Cowboys and Tampa Bay Buccaneers draws closer. Until then, have a great week, be well, and stay safe.